Hey everyone, and welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast. This is your host, Madeline Moon, and today we're speaking with Traver Bohm. Traver Bohm knows men, how they think, what's behind their behavior, and most importantly, their unique challenges in the modern landscape. Traver is the founder of the Uncivilized Men's Movement, the fastest growing men's movement in the world. He is the author of Today I Rise and Man Uncivilized, as well as a two-time TEDx speaker, men's coach, and podcaster. Drawing upon an eclectic background ranging from professional bodyguarding and mixed martial arts to a master's degree in Chinese medicine and meditation, Traver counsels men, women, and couples on how to better understand men's mental health and relationship difficulty. difficulties. Although he's not quite sure how to feel about the title, he's been dubbed the Man Whisperer, as he has the unique ability to speak to men in a way they can hear and understand. In 2016, after losing a pregnancy, his marriage, and his business partnership all within weeks of each other, he created a radical year-long social experiment to answer the questions, who am I and who am I as a man? Highlights of that year include volunteer with, volunteering with the dying as a hospice worker, meditating for 28 days straight in complete isolation and pitch black darkness in a Guatemalan hut, and living in a frigid Utah wilderness for a month with only a knife, a water bottle, and a blanket. Whew. With a passion for people and a unique lens through which to view the human experience, Traver is a highly sought-after teacher in the fields of consciousness, intimacy, and personal development. When not teaching workshops or radically shifting the way men experience their masculinity, Traver can be found obsessing over a single word in front of his laptop, chasing surf around the globe, and being pretty awful at yoga. I really enjoyed my time with Traver. I was also on his podcast, so you can also hear that um, later. Actually, it's the last episode. I reshared it on my own podcast, but his podcast is amazing, so I highly recommend that you follow along. The links will be in the show notes for this episode. And Traver has a really, like his bio clearly demonstrates a very down-to-earth energy where he is relatable and his teachings are accessible but I'm imagining, though I'm not a man, so I'm not in that men's circle, I'm imagining they will also push you to some limits. And I really appreciate that about Traver welcoming all types of people into his space while also giving them an opportunity to make new choices to grow. And today's podcast, we're really speaking about what it's like today in, in our modern day society as a man and what men need and how women can support men in and them creating their own version of masculinity because it is a challenging path the same way we as women have so many of our challenges men have their challenges too on how to embrace their animal body in a world that probably mm, is, has a negative view around men's animal body and how to do that in a healthy way at the same time fusing it with consciousness and spirituality and the divine we're going to head over there in just one moment, but before we do, I want you to know about my upcoming practice group, Creativity in Love. I've had an inkling for a while now that it's time I create a more advanced practice group where a few women in an intimate space will gather to develop practice and embody their different feminine textures by creating art. So if you're a fan of these reels and TikTok videos I've been making and you want to learn how to embody the three stages of communication that I teach so often, where you can move from a moment of triggered 
closed heartedness and turn it into a masterpiece and actually gift your expression to the world, to your brother, to your partner, to your ex-husband. This is the practice group for you. I'm going to be infusing my many, many years of polarity and masculine and feminine embodiment with the world of expression and creativity and acting even, more like improv. So this is going to be a group that does not exist and has never have existed before of how we can begin to create art in a polarized a relational moment or a moment that was not polarized but then create polarity within it there's going to be an entire curriculum that we're going to go through that is um, it's yogic intimacy meets tantra meets creativity meets the world of media and acting and and embracing archetypes so we will be working with archetypes but what I like to call it more is textures textures of the feminine this is a woman's only group and it is four months long and also includes a weekend immersion the weekend immersion is November 12th to 14th in New York City all calls and the weekend immersion are going to be mandatory to join so if you have to miss perhaps one call, just let me know in your application by listing that date. So to learn more about this exciting group that I cannot wait to start, you can click the link in the show notes for this for the Artistic Intimacy brochure. That's where you will read more about it and you can find the link to apply within that brochure. Half the spots are already filled. I'm not going to probably take any more than 14, maybe 16. Um, So if you are interested in joining this practice group, I do recommend that you apply now as we start in October. That will be our kickoff call. I am really looking forward to this group more than anything I've looked forward to in a while. It's going to be deep. It's going to be dark. It's going to be expansive. So if you're interested, like I said, click the link in bio to read the brochure and apply. That's all I have to share for today. Let's go head on to this episode with Traver Bohm. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Mind Body Musings podcast. It has been a good hot minute since our last interview. And I do believe the last episode that I released on the Mind Body Musings podcast was with the guest that we have on today, except I was on his platform. So today we have Traver Bohm, who is here to share about the uncivilized man movement, which is fucking mm. awesome. And his beautiful book that he has released and just this, this movement that he is spreading for masculine beings around the world to help find the the middle path, so to say, of the masculine being of not one end of the spectrum, I'll let you share this in a minute, or the other end of the spectrum, but find a way that's incorporating this beautiful, um, not so much new age, but this new way of being in a masculine body that still incorporates these old, beautiful, ancient systems and structures of what it does mean to be a man that we don't want to we don't want to throw out with the, the bath water so 
Thank you so much, Traver, for coming on to the Mind Body Musings podcast and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I have been looking forward to this for weeks, Madeline. Ever since oh. I think we hung up uh, and you asked, I was like, okay, I can't wait to jam with her again. So mm. thank you for having me and giving me your space. I love that. That warms my heart. Thank you. Because I felt the same way. I was like, I really, really jam with this guy. Like we have some similar, different backgrounds, but some similar energy you know, someone today, when I, when I posted the thing saying, Hey, what do you want me to add? Talk about with Madeline? Someone just replied, you two are weapons. I was <laughs> okay, like, oh, wow, wow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm not sure how you're going to take that. I love that. I love, I mean, a weapon of love and love and love and feminine bliss and, and an expression <laughs> weapon of expression. That feels good. So first question I ask on the podcast is mm. what are you currently musing about? anything at all oh madeline uh i am perplexed i am completely perplexed by the state of our culture right right now mm. and i'm not sure what part of it it is it's just i'm looking at the division and it feels like the ferocity behind the division mm. and also i'd say the ferocity behind the bypass that it feels like culturally especially here in the west uh, I, I wrote about this a couple of days ago that we're just getting asked over and over to nod and smile and go, yeah, two plus two equals five. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Everything I've learned for my entire life or everything I believe in my heart or in my gut, uh, that's not true. Uh, you're right. You're right. I'm, I'm buying this. And it, it's that's on the political spectrum. That's on the health spectrum. That's on the cultural spectrum. That's on the relational spectrum. I feel like we're at this massive turning point and, and thus so much of the culture has dug their heels in and said, like, we're not doing it. We're not turning. We're not evolving. We're not, we're not moving out of old structures. We have to stay in the old way uh, that it's, that's, what's perplexing to me. I, I kind of chew on like, what the hell's culture doing a lot mm -hmm. with my free time. Some people read, um, this is what I do. <laughs> and so it's, that's really what's coming up for me. And you know, the nature of relationship, the, the shift in relationship, the, the current, it, it feels like actually the current, what's possible in relationship wasn't possible five years ago. It wasn't okay five years ago or 10 years ago. And, and that to me is also fascinating given how much input I get from people or questions I get from people about their relationships, mm. which really wasn't my forte, uh, but something that I kind of fell into. So that, that as well. Is there anything in the relational realm that people are digging their heels in that you're noticing and you're thinking, wait a minute, this let's move forward. Let's grow. Is there anything that maybe you've seen in your men's work or uh, on social media collectively, a way that we're moving that some people are not on board with? I'll try to articulate this well. Uh, but I may struggle with it. It felt like we moved a pendulum swung out of traditional roles, which I realized had to be examined and had to have some light shine on the shadow aspect of traditional roles within a relationship. And now it feels like that people are digging their heels in against the pendulum sort of middle grounding itself, for lack of a better explanation for it, just coming back a little bit. So I am just the position I'm in, 
I get the, I want a real man. Where are the real men? Why won't men lead? I want a man who's dominant in the bedroom. I want a man who makes plans. I want to, that's the, like the behind the scenes that I get. Mm. And what's so interesting about those notes is how often they're also have the attachment of, I can't say this publicly. I can't tell this to my group of girlfriends. I can't say this on my dating profile. I can't speak about this openly because I'm a feminist, because I'm a modern woman, because my mom fought for me to have the opportunity to be in, in the leading position or whatever it may be. And so I feel like there's, there's both kickback towards that shifting backwards, which I understand. And then there's also massive movement kind of railing against this swapping of roles or this confusion of roles or this saying there, there are no roles. Everybody's just like, we're just always in the flow all the time and everybody's even and equal and, and yada, yada. And when I say equal, I don't mean hierarchical, just meaning everybody does everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you run a business, I run a business. It's not how things operate really well. If, if people don't know the roles they're in, uh, then I remember Dewey Freeman explaining this to me about horses. He goes, horses need to know two things that they're safe and where they fit in the pack. Mm. And when they know that they're entirely different beings, you can learn from them. They'll heal you. They'll do all the magical shit that horses do. And I, was, I said, well, why is that? And he goes, because they're prey animals. And I thought, huh? Mm. And remember this is the time. As soon as he said, I thought, wow, it sounds a lot like women who are prey animals. Mm on earth. And then I thought, but yeah, how many guys too are also prey animals? We're all prey of mostly of men, Mm. but huh, what would life be like if we knew that we were safe and we knew our role? Huh? Mm. That would be really interesting. And, and why do we have pushback against that? Mm. Right? So this is just, those are what's in or what's coming across my desk around relationship and what I'm curious about around relationship is how do we find a place where people feel like they're actualized and they're not, I know giving up power is a loaded sentence, but actually embodying power by making a choice. Hmm. I'm saying like, Hey, I choose to be in this position in my relationship. I choose. It's not, it's not a lack of power, right? My assistant is a guy who doesn't want to be the guy. He wants to be the guy behind the guy. Now, to me, that's a powerful move on his part. What's not a powerful move is for him to pretend that he wants to be the guy because he's supposed to be the guy because that's what alpha guys, you know, all the guys do. And yet he's not good at it. He doesn't like it. He doesn't want to be out there. He doesn't want that, the responsibility for it. So to me, that's a, that's a powerful move, right? Of owning that part of himself, even though people may look at him and go like, well, wait a minute, why aren't you the guy? Why, do, why are you okay in this assistant role? Why do you want to be in a supportive role? Like, what about you leading your own way? And him really owning, like, this is leading my own way. This is looking at my talents and my nature and putting the two together and just fucking owning it and walking forward with it. Are we allowed to swear? Yeah, totally. Okay, good. All right, good. Yeah. I, just dropped, I dropped the first <laughs> Yeah, it's all welcome. Um, yeah, I, I feel love... like I just went on a lot of tangents. This is beautiful. I was, okay. I'm, I'm tracking. I'm tracking. Okay. Um, and what, I mean, I can relate to this majorly. I can relate to the work that I do is around helping women be creative and expressive in their relationship, as well as men. Like, how do you create art in your triggers? Mm. 
but it's also infused with a lot of messages around embracing the archetypes that you are currently not. And I like to do that by leading by example. So today I posted a video where um, it was basically, I don't know if you saw it, it was me frolicking in a nightgown and like the Home Alone soundtrack was playing in the background. And it was, it was a little, whatever his name is in the movie going, I'm not afraid anymore. Do you hear me? I'm not afraid anymore. And I'm mouthing it. And then the caption says, when you realize you'd rather be a sacred slut than an empire building girl boss Mm. and the Mm. thing around creating a video like that is i can't have um disclaimers in the video or ruins the art so i can't say blah 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 by the way you also have both of these energies inside of that that all goes in the bottom caption of course but that kind of art it's so interesting to see how it polarizes people because i'm just talking about myself i'm just saying here's my art today I am embracing the part of me that just wants to be a sacred slut to my partner. And mm-hmm. I don't put building a business as priority, at least today in this video. It doesn't mean right. always, right. but I get, when I make videos like this, I get people all the time that are so mad at me, mm-hmm. not mad. I mean, of course they're, they're in, they're mad at, they're mad at the idea. They're mad at the idea of anyone saying that they would like to be a sacred slut above being an empire building girl boss, whatever, Mm -hmm. because in their mind, it immediately becomes, these are against each other and Mm -hmm. no one's talking about against. In fact, it's all of it. And now I'm starting to really hash out this in the captions of like, y'all, it's not saying it's this or that it's all of it. And it might be on a Tuesday at 3 PM that you just happen to want to be a sacred slut more. (laughs) And it's not black and white. And what I find about this is that when we live in this post-feminist society, a lot of women who really hate the idea of being living out a devotional housewife archetype Mm. are just as imprisoned as, maybe not just as, let me rephrase that. They're not just as imprisoned as the 1960s housewife, but they are imprisoned by a reaction to the 1960s housewife. Mm. It's it, both of them though, are, are not coming from your pure sovereignty of what do you choose? Like you just said, it's only once you purify, get rid of that reaction Mm -hmm. by fully embracing the feeling that you can actually come to decide what is it that I want? Do I like, do I fucking want to be a 1960s housewife for fun one day? And then the next day I want to be a girl boss or whatever, or, you know, like pretend I'm this archetype or this archetype. You can't have fun with these if you're always in reaction to it which is a nervous system response right. of like your body can't handle being seen like your mother because your mother was a housewife and she was treated poorly and she didn't make any money and she was disempowered. Right. So if your body is afraid of being anything like your mother, because your mother mm. was that you're constantly going to be fighting your own feminine receptivity, trying to stick it to the man constantly, which is just exhausting when in reality you have nothing to prove. Amen. And you, yeah. the word is choice. Mm-hmm. The yeah. word 110% over and over and over is choice. Mm-hmm. And I, I was raised by a feminist who also had two, I had two older sisters who are very vehement feminists. I understand the role that feminism played and the, the necessity for it. And my understanding of it is it was a fight for choice. Yes, it was a fight for a lot of legal equality that needed to happen so that like, 
as an employer, I can't like sexually harass my employee and be like, Hey, do you want to raise? You just have to fuck me and -hmm. let that be legal and okay. And all the Mm -hmm. things I get it. And what seems to be a challenge is the, the forgetance of how much of that was fought for choice Mm -hmm. so that women and men can say, Hey, this is the role that I want to be in. This Mm -hmm. is what I actively choose. I've done the work. I've worked through the reactivity and now this is what I'm choosing. Mm -hmm. And there still feels like a lot of kickback towards that empowered choice. Yeah. I think it always should come down to just everyone do what you want to do. <laughs> just do what you want to do. Seriously. If someone else wants to stay at home and not work, like fine. Okay. If someone wants to go out and move to New York City at 65 years old and chase their dreams of becoming the next big Broadway actress and leave behind everything. Like let her, you know, do you it. do what you do. And I just yeah. think we all just need to, you know, support each other and stay in our own lane a little bit more. Amen. And yeah. Are you hurting anybody? That's like the, the million mm-hmm. dollar question yeah. over and over and over and over. If no, go live your bliss. Mm-hmm. Go fuck shit up. Go be amazingly happy. Go do you. Is there a bit of service that you can throw in there? Beautiful. Now you have some bonus on top of it. But yeah, are you, if you're not hurting anybody, there's, there's just so much cultural shame and so much cultural control, especially right now at play. But now I think we're even just having a light shown on it right now that was always there. It was there two years ago, mm. right? It was still there, but now at least we're getting to see it so, so clearly, mm-hmm. but I agree with you. Like, mm. yeah, it's all about choice. Yeah. I love, I love that we're zoning in on that word. Okay. So I want to start with a pretty open question here and we'll, we'll sure. pick it up from there. Um, please tell us about your movement and mm. what it boils down to, like really the meat of what you're doing. Yeah. With the uncivilized man movement, what's it all for? I want to create a shift in culture. I mean that with my whole heart, Madeline. I want to change culture, mm-hmm. meaning I want every guy to wake up tomorrow morning with an opportunity to choose which direction he uses to express his masculinity. I don't give a fuck how he does that. I don't care if he wants to go cut down trees with a shotgun slung over his shoulder, you know, and a huge beard and he can bench press 400 pounds, or if he does it in like ballet wear and a tutu and he's dyed his hair and he's got his nail, I don't give a fuck, Hmm. but I want him to make an active choice. And when I first was going through this, this searching, this yearning myself and trying to answer the question, like, who am I as a man? What I felt like I was presented with were two very binary options, which it wasn't quite the 1950s Marlboro man, because that's an older archetype, but you understand that archetype. But it really was that combined with like, I want to pretend to be a Navy SEAL for a weekend. I want to go out and do like military training and have guys yell at me and, 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 and push me in that way. And it was like, okay, that's the, that's the primal. And I appreciate that. And guys need that. And then the other option, and I'll just use, this is moderately offensive, but I don't care. It felt like the like vegan poet, yogi, spiritual bypass option. And that was my option. And I can't really grow long hair and, and, and I like to eat meat. Uh, and it felt like there were only two ways to go. Like there was the sensitive new age guy. There was a 1950s Marlboro. And it was like, pick one or the other. And, and both is where culturally I was being pushed even though mostly I was being pushed to the sensitive new age era, 
because this was around the time of Me Too and some other cultural shifts where we weren't real happy with men or masculinity. And so I thought, okay, well, what if, what if I don't want either one of these two? And I've had a background, you know, I had the very, very hyper-masculine background. I was a professional MMA fighter. I was a bodyguard. I ran a CrossFit gym. I was a competitive, competitive athlete, athlete all the way through college. And yet I'd gone to acupuncture school. I know about crystals. I know about chakras. I lived in an ashram. I did the dark retreat. I did all of that stuff. I'd, I'd taken yoga. I didn't want to pick one or the other. Mm. And so culturally, I thought, huh, these are my options. Well, I don't like these two options only. I'm going to create a third. And the third was kind of taking Bruce Lee's old philosophy, take what works for you and discard the rest. So I thought, what if I put these two together? What if I take the primal, that the actual natural, like testosterone does things to my body that it doesn't do to yours. There's, there's not a cultural identity around testosterone, in my opinion. It just does some shit. Mm-hmm. And so if we go back to, and also what are the old masculine archetype? Why do we have that? Why is it important for me to be a protector? Why is it important for me to have a providing mindset? Why is it important for me to understand the power of penetration, not just physically, but energetically? Like that stuff, I felt like guys needed to know and I needed to know. And I knew having that background was really important. There were times when that was necessary. So to pretend that it didn't exist was a disservice and it also opened up a shadow. So there was that. But then also I looked at the culture and I thought, God damn, there is just an epidemic of unexpressed emotion and unexpressed pain in the male animal. Like we are walking around so wounded and so hurt and so traumatized. And this is hard for us to hear as a culture because we are primarily the perpetrators. Yet that's what I saw. And I saw how hard it was for men to connect to their emotions, to connect to feeling, to connect to the, for lack of a better term, feminine parts of their identity, to connect to something bigger than themselves, to connect to divinity, to to whatever you think was here before you and will be here after you. Hmm. And so I thought, what if I put these two together? And I tell guys, it's not just the primal, it's not just the divine, it's a yes and, it's both. Hmm. And I threw this idea out on social media and my life changed instantly. Because I was flooded. I just got chills, man. I was flooded (laughs) with messages first from men who were like, holy shit, thank you. I didn't, I I was kind of stuck where you are. I didn't want to go left and I didn't want to go right. And this makes sense to me. Thank you for allowing me to honor the part of myself that wants to go fuck some shit up in the world. Mm -hmm. And thank you for actually giving me permission to, to venture in a place that I am so foreign to me. And so scary to me, which is my inner world. Thank you for that. And then I got the female response, which was also the same, which like, holy shit, my guy wouldn't read a book. My guy wouldn't do the work. My guy was so stuck. And yet because of however you packaged this and however I'm packaged, it it landed and it came across. So really, you know, in a nutshell, I want to shift culture. Like I can tell you my mission statement. I can tell you my purpose statement, all the kind of marketing one-liners and business one-liners. But really I want Mm. every guy tomorrow morning to wake up and go, okay, I have a third option. I'm not going to disregard who I am biologically. I'm not going to disregard who I am culturally. And I'm also going to be open to this new set of ideas 
I'm going to be open to a different way of living. I'm going to be open to actually acknowledging that what we do doesn't work. Hmm. Right. As dudes, we are not, we are not doing that well as a, as a community and as a species, like I can list every negative, every statistic that doesn't have to do with breasts and ovaries that's negative, And we are winning it. We are at the top of that list. Mm. Addiction, obesity, homelessness, assault, prison, you, you drug abuse, assault, everything. It's like men are doing, why is this? Mm-hmm. What, what is it about the culture that we've been indoctrinated into that doesn't work? And why are we still being pulled into that culture? Why are we kicking and screaming to not leave that culture? What are the influences upon us? So I think I'm answering a, a short question in a long way, but really right. I, that's what I want. Mm. And that's what I've seen. That's why I'm so passionate about it. I've seen the guy who, you know, I taught a self-defense class when I lived in an ashram and people there were like, no, we don't want to be, the violence is bad, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, cool. Well, if you're going to get raped, I want you to know how to throw an elbow. And that goes for you too, the dudes. And how many of both people were like, wow, I forgot what it's like to be strong. Mm-hmm. I forgot what it's like to, to like to have strength in my body and realize that I can have agency in the world when I didn't think I could have agency. Mm. Right. And I've taken the, the most hardcore, hyper-masculine pro fighter, ex elite military first responder guys and held them as they wept and sobbed and just fell apart in my arms. Well, after finally releasing whatever they've seen over the last 20 years that we, they've had no place to release. Look at my arm. Mm. Oh. It's just, that's why. It's embodiment, yeah. Right? It's like, that's why I'm so passionate about this because both groups are equally destructive. Mm. Both groups are equally dangerous to the culture. Both groups are equally dangerous to women, to children, to the earth, and to each other. Mm-hmm. Right? Everything that we suppress comes out sideways. So we have these primal guys that are suppressing their love. They're suppressing emotion. They're suppressing connection. They're suppressing their ability to, to have intimacy. So what do they do? They furiously fucking jerk off to the internet all weekend. Mm-hmm. Right? And what do these other guys do? They're suppressing their primal act. They're suppressing their power. They're suppressing their strength. What do they do? They get in codependent relationships and then jerk off all weekend. Mm-hmm. Right? Both groups are, are not doing well and they're not doing well for the planet. So, and both groups need to heal. Right? Like I came out of acupuncture school and this was my, like, I want to help people heal. I want to make them healthy. I want them and sticking needles in people didn't work or it worked, but it wasn't working on the level I wanted. So this is why I created the movement. And this is why I'm so passionate about it. And this is why I think guys have gravitated towards it. One, thank you so much to every woman who's bought my book and spread the message and had me on her podcast and and helped me share this because you are the message spreaders of the world. And that's, that's it. It's, it's about actually giving people agency and choice and sovereignty and permission, mm-hmm. right? Like the first, first ethos tenant is be unapologetically male. Don't not apologize for all the fucked up shit that you did in your life. Right. Like go back and do that right now, dumbass. Mm-hmm. And don't apologize for being born into this body mm-hmm. and take responsibility for being born into this body because it is so different than all the other bodies on the planet. But you got to fucking own that. Until you own that it's different and it's powerful and it's bigger and it's stronger and it's faster and it's more violent and it's more aggressive and it has propensities. Until we own that, we're, we're going to continue to misuse it. 
right? I feel like I'm ranting. I could listen to this all day long. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. You just play this in the background. Caught this into like. <laughs> oh my god! Wanted to come up for air. Oh my god! Okay, this is beautiful, and I, I resonate so much with what you're sharing, just from what I've seen and um, the and approach. What you just said right there, the last thing is is spectacular. Of be unapologetically male. Mm-hmm. and still apologize for your wrongdoings in the past like that's a cl- to clean up your act is beautiful it's called integrity 100%. and then but but don't apologize for being born in this body because it, you know with power comes great responsibility and yeah. being in a male's body does bring a lot of power and we have this negative connotation with power power is like holy so let's use it to do mm-hmm. holy acts, to actually be embodied and to light up the world more and to create more safety. And prote- I love mm-hmm. the word protection. Like every yeah. time a male says something about protection being one of their values, I'm just like, oh, like there's yeah. such a primal part of my body as a feminine being that gets so elated when I hear anybody in the world values being a protector. I don't have anything in this modern day lifestyle that I have where I need a protector to be with me. I'm pretty fortunate to be living in in LA and have my car and my one bedroom apartment and a nice nail. I'm good. I'm safe. And yet to think that there are a there is a community of men spread around the world, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully thousands of men spread across mm-hmm. the world, if not millions who value being protectors using that, that body that they have yeah. it, it like, to me, there's God is in that the divine is in that in protection, especially it's I a agree. lost art. I think hundred percent. So we don't need it. We don't need to use it. And we like, now that we live in this society where women are so capable of anything that they want, you know, we're still working on equality in some industries and sure. in many places across the world, that's not available yet, but at least in America here, we have equality mostly. Mm-hmm. And with the, need needing to be taken in isn't a thing so mm-hmm. now there's a new art that is being created hopefully by men it's what i'm here hearing you say of learning how to bring back bring into your body those qualities that aren't necessity but they are mm-hmm. their necessity to bring those animalistic qualities of being male back into your body in a world that isn't demanding you have it you have to really right. take that into your own hands and not demanding it yet, perhaps, right? Mm-hmm. Like the secret mantra of the uncivilized movement is let others be safer as I walk among them. Mm-hmm. And it's that's mm-hmm. what you said. Like, I want to know that there are millions of men planted all over this world who aren't running around like Rambo with their t-shirts off and a spear or a gun, but mm-hmm. just know in the back of their minds, mm-hmm. something happens, I'm going to handle this. Mm-hmm. Whether that's something's a car accident whether that's something's a fire, whether that's something's an assault on the street, that to, it doesn't sit well with me watching violence and people just standing around filming or even in partnership, right? Like my partner can take care of herself. She's from Chicago. She like stab people in the neck for fun. And yet I need to know that mm-hmm. I can take care of her. She knows on a very biological, deep sense, felt sense level that if something happens, I'm going to stand up and go handle it, period, fucking period. And I also have found, Madeline, when men embrace this as opposed to deny it, and I don't care how they're built, 
I don't care what their training background is Mm. just period. When you make the decision, I'm one of the guys who's going to walk into the danger as opposed to run from it. Then that changes other areas of their lives as well. They actually tap back into a primal power that's in them. And I have guys reach out and say like, Hey man, I got to let you know, I have zero primal in me, zero. It just doesn't exist. I'm like, okay, do this experiment for me. Don't eat for a week. (laughs) Go watch someone eat in front of you and see if you just don't get a little bit of that fire back in your belly and see what happens. So, so it's in us. It it, it has been, has anyone ever taken that on? (laughs) Maybe not a week, but like a couple of days. I don't think so. Cause that's great. I mean, that's great insight there. (laughs) You know, I went through, uh, this is a tangent story, but I went through Boulder outdoor survival schools program, which was a month long Mm. of living in the woods. And I walked in there at 180. And by the end I weighed 155 pounds. Wow. And that's, I'm not a heavy person. And yet I remember on the second to last day when we were kind of working our way back into society, passing this, these two hikers who were in like head to toe. They just come from REI. They had like 75 Mm -hmm. pieces of gear. Everything was bright white. They were clean as a bell. And I remember thinking like, I can eat you. (laughs) It was just in my head. Like if I have to, I will Mm -hmm. fucking eat you. Wow. It was that like a return to that depth of, and I didn't do it. And I'm not going to do it. And I don't advocate doing it. Yeah. Thanks. This is a little disclaimer for your podcast. That's great. Thank you for that. Clarity is always key. Dear Madeline, just listen to the episode. Just ate my neighbor. It was so insightful. Was like, oh shit. Thanks for the advice. Yeah. We appreciate it. But it's in there, right? We we forget, I think, as societal beings that we still have biology. Mm-hmm. And that biology needs to be recognized and responded to. And mm-hmm. we have to be responsible for it. Mm-hmm. No matter how, quote, enlightened we think we are, no matter how many books we've read, no matter how much money we make, all the things, our biology has to be tended to. Mm-hmm. Mm, biology has to be tended to. Yeah. So during this, um, when a man is experiencing moving from the old way to the new way, what is it that you would wish or you would ask of all women Mm. who are partners to said man or Mm. sisters to said man, cousin to said man, what is it that women can do to further support this path, this this already challenging path? What do you want Mm. women to know? Thank you for that. It's such a beautiful question. It really is about almost background support. So I get a lot of women who are like, do I sign them up for the seminar? Do I drive them to the thing? Do I drop them off at the, at the workshop? I'm like, no, no, no. That's, I, I appreciate the effort. Um, yeah. And what would be best is one, give him some space because he's going to be going through some stuff. Right? When I was running the, this is like a 12 week course uh, a year ago, I had an, an email that went out to every female partner of the man who was going to go through the course. And was like, trust me, in 12 weeks, you will have a radically different human in front of you. And along the way, he's going to stumble. And along the way, he's going to try to revert back to what's old and comfortable. And along the way, he's going to feel lost and confused. And so if you find a piece of this work in him, that enlivens you, that makes you feel safe, that makes you feel open, that makes you feel aroused, that makes you turned on, whatever it is, let him know, encourage him, 
mm-hmm. celebrate him, support him in the same ways that you would want to be supported if you were going through such a radical transformation. You wouldn't want him driving you to the workshop, dropping you off, sitting next to you, being like, you see, this is what I told you about. Remember for five years, I've been telling you to be more of this. And now look, advocate on behalf of the result that you want, as opposed to advocating perhaps on being right or how right you've been all along. It's, it's hard to be in the background. It's hard to be a supporter for someone who you so desperately and so vehemently want the result of without entangling yourself in the process, mm-hmm. right? So much of this work, Madeline, is men with men. Mm-hmm. There is a time when men and women need to be in the same room and do some healing and do some converse and have conversation and do some integration and do some work together. Before that happens, men need to be in, in rooms alone with men. And we have to sort shit out. We have to teach each other. We have to feel each other. We have to talk about things we're not comfortable talking about with women. That's so necessary for the, isola- the isolation from feminine beings. And so how do you support? You celebrate and you encourage and you say, hey, I know this is hard and I see the change in you and it's beautiful and I love it and I appreciate you. Now I'm going to leave you to be with yourself because I'm also not your therapist. Mm-hmm. So keep mm-hmm. doing the fucking work. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I talk often about how we as women, we as a society need to move completely away from punishment altogether and only stick to reward and reveal. So rewarding is, is like what you just said is when someone, when he does something, when um, you, in your book, I'm a huge fan of aftercare of sex. Like it's, it's a mm-hmm. big pillar for me, the importance of it. It's so not and talked about. It's so yeah. not talked about. And you have in your book about um, aftercare of sex mm-hmm. is, is what you have in there. You're not done when you come. And I love that. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yes. You're not done when you come like presence is needed more than ever there. Um, Because women are, you know, so, so open, so Mm. open. If if you have a deep connection, she's super open. It's like wide open. open, And if she feels dropped in that moment, there might be collapse. Um, Mm. Man, what was I going with? It's talking about uh, punishing, rewarding, revealing. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe this is where I was headed. So if, if he is with you at that time in the aftercare if he gives you just a little bit more presence in the aftercare maybe it's not perfect maybe it's not the way Traver has it in his book complete all this beautiful loving aftercare presence because you you might read this book and be like see that's what I want why doesn't he do that and if he doesn't do that but he does give a little bit more presence instead of the old way, which is punishment, which is now withholding your love because you didn't get love from him the way you want it. We let go of that way. We let go of withholding love and tit for tat. And instead you notice the thing he did do right. Mm -hmm. And then you just reward and praise the shit out of that. Thank you for being with me Mm -hmm. after you came. And I love the way that you hold me after we have sex, oh, thank, like, uh, I mm. love having eye contact, just, mm, just showering with your, your feminine beauty, because as far as I know, and please tell me if you resonate with this, Traver, um, I read, I read in, in Om Rupani's book, Prerequisites to Ecstasy, that all men have a green light and a red light inside of their chest, mm. and a woman who turns on the green light 
that makes him feel like a go, like he Mm -hmm. did right. He's a king. Mm -hmm. He'll go to the ends of the earth for her. But they're so used to the red light going on over and over and over. So we as women make it um, an act of devotion. It's, it's not, I'm not saying that we as women need to please the men. I'm saying as an act of devotion to love above all, we make it a priority as men and women, all of us to continue to just ping pong those, those green lights on as much as we can. So looking for the good in the first date that you go on with this guy from Tinder who actually looks nothing like his profile picture, and you're really disappointed. How can you turn his green light on? Just being a fairy of love, just to sprinkle in like Tinkerbell, a little bit of beauty into his life because you know he probably disappoints a lot of dates. Mm. So you just decide for that one date, you never have to see him again, but just sprinkle him with love and then be on your way or with your partner or with your brother. How can you turn on those green lights so that you send each other out back into the world with a little more love? Amen. It resonates completely. Mm. And if you're, what I love in the reward is knowing how it affected you. So if you say, God, after we had sex and, and you held my eye contact and you kissed mm-hmm. me a little bit, it made me feel so safe. Mm-hmm. It made me feel like a queen. It made me feel like you were just pouring love into me. And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, I did awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to do that again. Yeah, yeah. and then exactly. Like, yeah, sure. I want to do that again. Yeah. I feel really amazing right now. And I want to feel really amazing again. Mm-hmm. And I know you're saying you feel really amazing. So let's keep this cycle going. Mm-hmm. And let's stay in the pot. Let's swim in this sea of ecstasy. It also, to me, in, it elongates the sexual ecstasy. So it's not just like, oh man, wasn't that awesome? Mm-hmm. It's still, oh man, isn't this awesome? Mm-hmm. Isn't this what we're still like lounging in and luxuriating in? It's still in the room. Let's play with it. Let's talk about it. Let's move it together. And so it's not just this like lights on, lights off experience for both people. Right? I wrote that specifically for men to have a skill and an understanding of a skill that they, they weren't given, Mm-mm. right? This wasn't in my seventh grade dare class. They weren't or in sex ed class. They weren't <laughs> like, this is what aftercare is. I didn't know it until my mm-hmm. late thirties. I had mm-hmm. to get in the kink community to, to actually hear it and understand it and fully appreciate it. So I mm-hmm. wanted to take it from there into the normal male nomenclature and also say, guys, two things. One, this is your responsibility. You ask her to open then you have to be there as she closes. That is your responsibility. Mm -hmm. You open her, you stay with her until she's closed. And there's going to be something for you as well. And when you say closed, sorry, I don't mean to cut you. Because I want to make sure that there's a difference. Because I use the word closed all the time, closed hearted, which means like, we don't want that. It's, it's, you're saying if she's open, stay with her until she's reached maybe like a homeostasis again, like just like come back to the baseline. Yeah, back to baseline. Thank you for that. Yeah. It's not the, oh my God, she's wide open. And then I'm done. I'm out. I'm out the mm-hmm. door. And I've left energetically. I'm, I'm in my mind. I'm thinking like, how do I get out of here? Or I have to go pee or I'm like, how do I, I'm just going to fall asleep and start snoring. It's I'm responsible for her. I'm responsible for, I'm going to, as the, as the dominant in the room or someone who's leading in the room, my view is that I'm responsible until we both kind of, not kind of, till we both felt into or verbally agreed that, Hey, cool. We're good. You good? Yeah. All right. Awesome. 
I'm so curious your opinions on this. If you have any, this might tell me if this isn't so much in, in what you study or teach. Sure. But, um, what do you have to offer around when like a man, man responsible, mm, love that. What if this man is with woman who is responsible too, and she is, you know, fighting to be alpha. You know, I have mm. my own opinions and teachings on how to sure. create polarity and move away from the alpha. But what if, let's say you're teaching a man who's really wanting to be the alpha, who is responsible and taking full commitment, but his partner is a woman who wants to fight that off tooth and nail because it, for all of her reasons, you know, mm. that triggers her or it's scary to lose control. Mm. What do you have to offer to the man? of, of how mm. to be in the alpha role while the partner is fighting to be in the alpha role as well? It's a great question. My curiosity is to both people's nature first. Is he truly a dominant man? Is he truly, is mm. his nature that of an alpha? Is her nature actually that of an alpha? Is her nature actually that of a dominant woman? If so, I don't think you're going to be a good match, period. Mm. You're just going to bash heads the entire time. It's going to be a power struggle. It's going to be a pissing contest. It's who's got the biggest dick in the room for the entire relationship. Yet, I find that a lot of women who say they are, and I'm not discounting what they say, but that is a protection mechanism. That is an armor that they're throwing up first. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And so to that man, I think you have to, one, hold your ground as calmly, as groundedly, as rootedly, and we can throw every other word in there and allow for the storm to pass until that woman actually gets to taste a tiny bit of safety. And when she gets to taste a tiny bit or experience a tiny bit of safety, and you've seen the opening towards, we're not going to use the word submission, but we'll use surrender. When you see and feel that that's okay. And that closes up again, that's okay. You've got one in a row. You, you know that it's possible then your job is literally to be there in that space of holding space, holding ground, not wavering, calmly communicating mm. like, and encouraging the same thing. We can switch the roles from the question you asked five minutes mm -hmm. ago. It's about a lot of communication. Hey, I feel that you're really fighting, fighting me on this. I'm curious, is this triggering you because you don't feel safe? You don't trust me. You don't trust me because I'm a man and every man before me has been a fuckwit. Hmm. Do you not trust me because you've been actually traumatized? Do you not trust me because of my behavior, because of things that I'm doing that lead you to not trust me? Hmm. Or are we just not the right team here? Mm -hmm. Right. I've been through this with partners. I've been through this with my current partner. So like, I get it. I know how you were conditioned. I know I, I can picture the archetype of every guy you've been with because you've told me about them. Hmm. So this is new. And this is terrifying. And this is literally like scary in the gut of your stomach, not in your head of like, oh my God, it's like, it's physiologically terrifying. So we're going to take this in minute steps. We're going to take it super slow. I'm going to allow, I'm going to give you the allowance of opening and closing real quick because it was too much. Mm. And I'm going to give you the allowance of opening and staying there and thinking, oh my God, this is the best thing. I want this the rest of my life. And then closing because it's, again, it's too much. So I, I advise those men, and I've had this conversation, Madeline, with women that I've dated and said, here's the deal. Here's how I am. It will not change. 
-hmm. It will not fucking change. I will change as I grow and develop and evolve. But this part of me, this is in my nature. I know who I am. I've done the work. I've done a lot of the work. Let's just not say all the work, Mm. but I've done enough work to know who I am. And I know who I jive with and what energies I jive with. And I know what I don't. And so sure, you can, you can step on my toes a couple of times and we're going to work through this, but there will come a time when I also say, this is my nature. If I'm not the right person for you, then we need to sever this relationship. Not if you're not the right person for me, because right. I'm going to be the one who's steadfast. And this, it's so common. It's so common, right? And so what these oftentimes I'm going to project onto these alpha women is that they're actually desperately seeking a safe place to land to open just to, right. even if it's just to experience the other side of themselves, mm-hmm. let alone go through the healing and all of what it is that, that is necessary that the armor was created for, mm-hmm. which is a whole nother conversation, but simply just to say, Hey, feel it. I'm, I'm safe. Here you go. Feel my energy. I'm, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. You can, you can do whatever you need to and, and, or whatever trigger happens. I'm not, I'm still not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I've done this before, right? It ain't my first rodeo. So now feel that. How did that feel for you? Okay. Here's like a tiny dose of it. Mm-hmm. So to the men, it's, it's check in with yourself, right? Is this how you want to be? Is this who you are? Do you still need to do work? Do you still need to sort through all of the things that are, that are out of integrity with you or out of alignment with you? I don't know if I've ever shared this story with you, but I was, this was early in my sort of men's work journey. I did a two-day workshop with Michaela Bohm, and it was all on masculine integrity and polarity. And then this thing called the pin, which was how do we take everything that we learned yesterday outside of the bedroom and put it in the bedroom? And so she's teaching us and talking to us. And there's 40 guys at her house in this, in this teaching studio And I think she got a little bit frustrated with us and was like, you guys, here's the deal. Do you want to know how to just blow women wide open? Do you want to know how to get your partner to like give you everything you've ever wanted sexually and create this just fucking magic with you? Do you want to know the secret to this? And I was like, Give me a secret. Literally imagine a starving man at like a buffet. Like, let me, uh, Michaela, give me the fucking answer. I don't care. What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? Like, I think my eyes were bleeding. I was like sweating. <laughs> Just like my hand was shaking. She goes, go home and do your shit. Get your shit together. Go to therapy. Figure out your mommy issues. Figure out every single place in your life that you're lying by 1%. Mm. That's how. Of course I was crushed, right? I was yeah. just like, oh. it's not like, where's the, where's the physical call? Like, can I kiss her yeah. on the neck? Do I, what do I do? <laughs> but it, it makes sense because what she's saying is go make yourself trustworthy. Right. If you're not that, then don't expect the reaction that comes from being trustworthy. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I hope that answers your question. Amen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, that's a beautiful, and I, I re- resonate with it so much. There are several different pieces that go into it. And one of them real, I love that you were mentioning, are we a good fit? Cause that is one of them of sometimes right. you're not a fit. Maybe you're not a fit right now. Maybe could be later after, after some work is done, but there is you doing your own work, both the 
you know, both partners doing your own work for the alpha woman who deeply wants to be able to surrender, to see the part in her person that is trustable, Mm -hmm. even if it's not in full force as maybe this man author over here that you want to have all of his integrity. Can you find a morsel of that level of consciousness in your partner? See that, fuck it, love it, Mm -hmm. praise it, and make that your practice of actually seeing what in him does feel trustable. What can you trust? Like, are you really not feeling safe or does it just Mm -hmm. not feel safe to feel? Like, is it really that you're not safe or do you just not want to feel, you know, that's a, that's a big thing. I, I believe. And, um, I, I just love everything that you shared. Um, integrity, you know, there's maybe nothing more attractive to me than integrity of like doing what you say that you'll do and only committing to doing what you say or what you know (laughs) you can do. It's so hot. I love it. I don't know if I said that right, but you know what I'm saying. It was beautiful either way. Thank you for that. I'm moved. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. I'll be here all day. Anytime. Um, Beautiful. Okay. So as we close up here, is there any final thing that you would like to share? I know that's always a big question to ask, but Mm. there's anything on the top of your head that feels relevant to my primarily female audience who will probably forward this podcast to their partners. Yeah. <laughs> Any I, last words? You know, if I'm speaking to men, one of the things I, I had to go through myself as a journey was understanding the depth of the word safety. Mm. And that is something that I talk to men about every day. And they oftentimes do the like puppy head turn that I did, which is like, but wait a minute. She's like, I'm, I'm safe. Like I know how to fight she's obviously safe. Like I know how to fight. Right. And so actually working men through the understanding of the levels that safety is so much more than the physical mm. and safety is so much more than the outward physical. I re- this was such a poignant moment in my life. Madeline, I went out on a date a couple of times with a woman in New York and she had a very traumatic background and had some very acute issues with dating someone who had my size and skill set. And I remember telling her, and this is where the, this is where my life shifted. I was like, you have never been safer than when you're with me. Like if we're walking down the street, trust me, I used to get paid to protect billionaires. You are so safe. And she stopped me and said, I'm not worried about other people. I'm worried about what happens when I get home with you. I'm worried about halfway through sex when I say no. Hmm. I'm worried about what happens when you get mad with this skill set in this body. Hmm. And oh, I just got chills again. Yeah. And uh, it was so moving to me because I'd never thought of myself as the potential danger. And so when I speak to men, it's like, th- remember this, like you are the danger. And I know it's hard to hear. It's your reactions are the danger. You being triggered is what's dangerous because you do exist in a body that's most likely bigger, stronger, faster, and more aggressive than 70% of the planet. So are you a safe man? Is so much, the tip of that iceberg is biceps and and roundhouse kicks. Mm -hmm. The entire iceberg is your capacity to hold space your capacity to, to alchemize your own emotions, your capacity to communicate when you're fucking pissed or when you're sad 
mm-hmm. or when you're devastated or you're depressed, it's, it's so much more than the physical. Mm-hmm. And so I would love for men to actually really take that in and start asking themselves the question, am I safe? When I get mad, am I safe? When I get triggered, am I safe? If someone were to look through my internet history, am I safe? If someone were to look through my phone, am I safe? Am I safe to my partner? Am I safe to the world? Am I safe to women? Am I safe to children? Am I safe to other men? Do I have habits that like dance on the line of safe? Do I get blackout drunk? If I do, I'm not safe, right? So I think I'd leave people with that notion because it's something that I'm so passionate about shifting the idea in, in men because I realized how much of a shift it made in my own life. Hmm. Oh, thank you. That's a, I really, that, that is a key question. Everyone should be asking themselves women too, but I, I love that specifically for men because it is a wake up call. I think to a lot of men to understand even walking at night, what it's like for a woman versus what it's like for a man. These are things that a lot of men don't have to consider or think about. It's not in their face every single day. Mm-hmm. And it's truly in our body as feminine beings. Like I, I was with, I had an ex-partner who would, um, when we would fight, he was very like, just, it's more than just his body. It's like his whole energetic field was terrifying to me. Mm-hmm. And it put me in such a freeze state or a, um, a flight. Like I would just break out in tears, couldn't communicate and wanted to sh- like shut the door because he was so scary to me. Just yeah. a teddy bear when he's not mad, but when he's ma- mad, it's like, my whole body is like, this is not safe. This is violent. Mm. And uh, he would never harm me, but my body didn't know that. My animal right. body didn't know that. My nope. ancient, ancient female cave woman body didn't know that. She thought she was going to be bonked in the head and dragged by the hair. Right. So Your biology didn't know that. Yeah, my bi- biology didn't know that. So yeah, I love that question. I think that's really beautiful to leave it with. Thank you. And Trevor, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on to the podcast, for doing this amazing work and and I want to praise you for all of your life experiences. Mm. You've done so many things and you've been here and there a little bit of everywhere and, or a lot of bit of everywhere. And you're putting all of this vast experience and, and your own personal knowledge and wisdom into this beautiful movement mm. that I think is in itself a, a really nice new path when I, even when I look at all the different men's work spheres, like this is its own beautiful flavor. And one that I think men from all across the board can, can come together. It sounds like, and, and find, find level playing ground, playing field. Yeah. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Yeah. So everyone make sure that you go over to the show notes for this episode. If you want to read what we talked about, refresh and be sure to send this to someone who you think would enjoy this. Um, You can get the show notes for this at maddiemoon.com forward slash Traver dash boom, or just right there on your iTunes podcast player. And with that, please go connect with Traver. Where can we find you on the interwebs? Beautiful. I spend far more time than I would like to, but uh, I still spend time there on Instagram at Traver Bohm, T-R-A-V-E-R-B-O-E-H-M, or head to manuncivilized.com. That's where I have courses. It's where I have a membership group for men. That's mm. where I'm putting announcements of workshops, selling books, selling a little bit of swag, uh, all the things. Mm. So please head there as well. Uh, amazing. I will have all of those in the show notes. 
Um, thank you everyone for listening to Mind Body Musing. Stay tuned for another interview and more episodes to come, even though they're a little bit more spread out these days. I'm keeping the podcast well and alive. Love you all. See you at our next episode. Thank you.